ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. As you try to understand the conflict between Israel and Hamas, you'd be forgiven for being confused. There have been claims, counterclaims, misleading and false information. So how do you know what is real and what isn't at a time when social media messaging can be overpowering? Today, a senior researcher at the investigative journalist group Bellingcat, Kalina Koltai, on how misinformation is spreading in the fog of war and what to do to avoid it. Kalina, we're going to chat about confusion and misinformation that can come with war and that we've already been seeing with this conflict between Israel and Hamas. I think it's probably best for us to start with the case of the explosion at the hospital in Gaza on October the 17th. Yeah, it'll probably go down as a really wonderful case study of uh, how we just can't know anything right away. The missile hit the hospital not long after dark. A gruesome scene. Gazans searching for pieces of their loved ones. Initially, reports were claiming Israel or IDF was responsible for this explosion or maybe a missile being hit um, at this hospital. You know, it is hard to see what else this could be other than an Israeli airstrike or several airstrikes. But then later on, we started seeing claims that maybe Hamas was responsible, that it was a, a missile gone awry, like accidentally hitting it. Both sides in the conflict are blaming each other. The Israeli military says it was not their missile, but a failed rocket launch from Islamic Jihad terrorists. Footage we were trying to collect and archive was really poor because the blast happened at night. So we were looking at some footage that started being shared was actually old footage from 2002 or 2001. It's really difficult to geolocate and verify footage that's at night. And then as the day broke and we got more images and more video, we were able to start trying to put together pieces. But even now today, you know, we have a variety of different claims. I think, you know, depending on who you talk to, people have their own take on it. Mm -hmm. It's a storm of conflicting reports, analysis to like completely false and incorrect videos. That's all happening just around this, this one hospital blast. U.S. intelligence agencies did tell reporters a bit later that they had a high confidence it was not Israel that fired the rocket. I was deeply saddened and outraged by the uh, explosion at the hospital in Gaza yesterday. And based on what I've seen, it appears as though it was done by the other team. The U.K. intelligence is suggesting the same thing now, isn't it? Yes, those are what the agencies have said. And then I believe, though, if you look at some of the reports that have recently just come out, say from the New York Times, there is sometimes conflicting statements based on even like a, another news organization's analysis. So I think it's, it's really tough because I think we want to be able to trust 
what a, a particular um, government agency says and who is responsible. And oftentimes we do. But when we have so much conflicting reports, it makes it harder. And I know the work that we do and what other open source research investigators try to do is try to come to that conclusion on our own based on what we see that's open and available on the Internet. So that's one case, I suppose, where there was confusion in the hours after the explosion occurred. And as you say, there's still conjecture about what actually did happen. What other examples have we seen so far? Well, there is this case of a um, bombing that was at this uh, church in Gaza. We uh, were able to find that Actually, it wasn't true. We found that the church's Facebook page actually put out a statement saying they were not bombed. So there was this misinformation claim that the church was bombed. It was not bombed. And in fact, the missiles hit somewhere else. Within like a week later, that church then was actually hit. Sometimes there's these claims that are not true at the time, like this church being hit, that later on do become true, which Mm -hmm. even adds to further confusion of like what is actually happening. we're living in a world of social media and fake news can spread quickly and widely, can't it? It can be spread deliberately. Just tell me about some of the examples you've been seeing on social media, on places like Twitter or X as it's now known or TikTok. Yeah, I think um, one thing that's been particularly telling is I've seen images and videos uh, that are actually from like the Syrian war and Syrian crisis or like or of Syrian children being injured and people uh, on both sides either attributing it to being look at the harm that's happened to Israeli citizens or here is the harm that's happened to Palestinians. And, and it is uh, can be a really confusing situation because you see a lot of recycled footage um, from other conflicts within the Middle East area mm-hmm. being reused to push a particular angle or a particular um, narrative who can affect the way that people think about Palestinians or think about Israelis. Mm-hmm. It can be damaging in, in a number of ways. Mm. So who's behind spreading these images and what's the motive of that? It's tough because sometimes it's really clear when there's like one particular like actor or a few like really big name accounts that we could say are pushing a particular narrative. But it's really hard to tell in a case like this because we have, um, if you look at a platform like X, the way that verification and accounts has drastically changed over the past year. So, you know, we used to add, add some sort of level of legitimacy or sort of a trustworthiness to um, when an account has a blue check mark, which we can't really do nowadays. Like anyone with $8 can buy a blue check mark mm. and have their content elevated to the platform. When we think about the origins or who's pushing it, sometimes it's people we might recognize. Um, and sometimes they're completely anonymous accounts uh, that we don't know who they are. They don't use a real name. And it makes it tricky for us to figure out, is there a particular cause, a particular reason why these accounts, who we don't know owns them, mm. is pushing a particular bit of like misinformation or a particular bit of propaganda in one way or the other. Mm. And Kalina, what are the platforms actually doing then to shut down this sort of fake information that is spreading across them? What's Elon Musk doing? He runs X, of course. Are they doing anything to try and stop this? Of course, this will vary by um, social media platform. Mm-hmm. So I know that, you know, obviously, I think across platforms like from Meta to TikTok to X, they certainly have their own policies and their own sort of content moderation 
But in particular, I find that uh, X has been the most egregious in their their lack of moderation when it comes to this. And we know that over the past year, X has really decreased the workforce when it comes to their trust and safety team. We know that they have let go of a lot of their content moderation team and people who work on that. And they've be- tried to become this quote-unquote platform of free speech. But when it comes then to this misinformation um, and these viral videos and viral images being misused, we find that there is still much work to be done. So, Kalina, social media is clearly contributing to a huge misinformation problem and there's a propaganda and a broader information war playing out, right? Hamas, the Palestinians and Israel all want support for their cause and they use information to try and win hearts and minds. Yes, absolutely. And I think it comes to this idea of, like, uh, of propaganda, of hearts and minds. And we know that elected and government officials can be swayed by propaganda because they're they're human just like the rest of us. So, you know, misinformation, disinformation can affect the people who are in positions of power to what funding they decide to give and what content they want to believe. And also that affects, you know, who who are their supporters, who who are they saying this to and what of their their base is, is following. Mm. I think, you know, when in times of conflict like this, and to be clear that the uh, conflict between Israel and Palestine and and Gaza has been going on, it's not a brand new conflict, but certainly has been inflamed in in the past uh, couple weeks. Uh, You know, there are really important sort of, I think, repercussions sometimes publicly, depending on which side you take. So taking a stance in this conflict, you know, you've seen reports of people sometimes losing their jobs because of a stance or because of a particular um, cause that they supported or maybe even something that they tweeted out on, on a, or posted on a social media platform. So I think that public opinion is really critical when we think about uh, support of organizations, businesses, governments in a time of conflict like this. Kalina, what's your advice then to people online, either on social media or traditional media for that matter? How can we know what's real? You know, that's a great question. I <laughs> I find that I have to like often guide my friends, my family, my loved ones in this. And there isn't really always a perfect answer. The best advice I can give is sometimes to particularly take a breath. I find that, you know, for us to find the answers to something, those answers sometimes take a while. There's something called a data void. And so when a conflict or something breaking news happens, there's a lot we don't know. And so we're, we're devoid of that, of that data, that information. And so misinformation and misleading narratives and misleading claims likes to fill that space until we actually know what's going on. And sometimes that takes time. And not only that, I, I recommend to people to look to different sources, mm-hmm. see how is the same event, the same incident being reported on by a variety of different outlets. Because sometimes, you know, maybe one place gets it wrong the odds that like many places get it wrong um, decreases. So it's it's that combination of, of checking your sources, checking multiple sources and, and being okay with sometimes we don't know until until later. What do you think? Will we see confusion like we did over the explosion of the Gaza hospital again? Or have we learnt some lessons from that? I think we need to be prepared for a really difficult time trying to filter and suss through misinformation when it comes to the Israel-Hamas war for a while. I think there are certainly lessons learned. 
from the hospital blast, but it is unclear if those lessons learned will actually take hold <laughs> in, in, the in the days to follow. We are going to see more footage that may be true and some and a lot that's not true. And it will make us hard to try to tell apart like what is actually happening on the ground there. Kalina Koltai is a senior researcher at Bellingcat, an investigative journalist group. This episode was produced by Nell Whitehead and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. The supervising producer was Bridget Fitzgerald. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Listener.